Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of renal papillary necrosis found under the renal section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 60-year-old woman presents to the emergency room with fever, chills, sudden flank pain, and gross hematuria. She has a history of recurrent urinary tract infections. Urinalysis reveals pyuria, hematuria, proteinuria, and dead tissue. An intravenous urography is obtained, revealing a ring sign. She is immediately given hydration and appropriate antibiotics. Let's continue with an introduction to renal papillary necrosis. Clinically, it is defined as necrosis and sloughing of the renal papillae. With regards to epidemiology, remember that the incidence is around 30-40% to in those with sickle cell disease or trait. And demographically, it affects middle-aged adults, and it is uncommon in children, except in those with sickle cell disease or trait. Risk factors include sickle cell disease or trait, acute severe pyelonephritis, analgesics such as NSAIDs. Remember that this is one of the most common and preventable risk factors. A specific drug culprit to remember is phenacetin. Other risk factors include diabetes mellitus, tubulointerstitial nephritis, kidney stones causing obstruction, indanivir, which is an antiretroviral drug, congenital urinary tract obstructions, such as posterior urethral valves, and shock. And in terms of the pathogenesis, remember that in sickle cell disease or trait, there is increased blood viscosity in the renal medulla, which causes renal papillary infarcts. Also remember that the renal medulla has a low oxygen tension, which results in red blood cell sickling. With analgesic use, remember that the NSAIDs inhibit prostaglandin synthesis. And remember that prostaglandins promote vasodilation. Moving on to the presentation, a patient's history may include a chronic and asymptomatic course or an acute course. There may be gross blood in the urine. The patient may have a history of recent infection or an autoimmune flare, or there may be a history of pyelonephritis. Specific primary symptoms may include fever and chills, as well as sudden onset flank or abdominal pain. However, some patients may be asymptomatic. And on exam, there may be tenderness to palpation in the flank or abdomen. In terms of further imaging, radiography is indicated if an obstruction such as a kidney stone is suspected. However, remember that this is not diagnostic. Specific recommended views include a kidneys, ureters, and bladder view, also referred to as a KUB. Specific findings may include hydronephrosis from obstruction, and one may be able to visualize kidney stones. A CT is indicated if a patient presents with hematuria, even if renal papillary necrosis is suspected, as hematuria can indicate malignancy in the bladder. It is also indicated if renal obstruction is suspected, and remember that this is the most accurate test. Specific views would be a CT of the abdomen and pelvis, and specific findings may include hydronephrosis, kidney stones, ring shadows in the medulla, and loss of papillae. Another potential imaging study is intravenous urography. This is indicated if CT scan is inconclusive and the suspicion for renal papillary necrosis remains high. It is also indicated if there is no suspicion of obstruction, but suspicion of renal papillary necrosis remains high. Specific findings may include shrinkage of renal papillae, a ring shadow from desquamated papillae, also referred to as the ring sign, a filling defect in the renal pelvis, and contrast containing tiny cavities in the papillae. Other studies that may be performed include labs such as a serum creatinine. Remember that if there is a sudden rise in creatinine, then one should consider renal papillary necrosis in the patient with diabetes or chronic urinary obstruction. 
one should also obtain a urinalysis, which is the best initial test, and specific results may demonstrate hematuria, pyuria, proteinuria, and sloughed papillae. And in terms of the differential, make sure to think about nephrolithiasis. However, a differentiating factor would be a kidney stone seen on imaging without evidence of renal papillary necrosis. Also think about tubulointerstitial nephritis, with a differentiating factor being that it often presents with a rash, arthralgias, and eosinophilia in the urine. And in terms of treatment, conservative options include avoiding analgesics or any other nephrotoxic medications. Medical options include supportive care with fluid resuscitation, which is indicated for all patients. Another option is antibiotics. This is indicated if pyelonephritis is suspected. Complications related to renal papillary necrosis include chronic pyelonephritis and sepsis. And lastly, negative prognostic variables include concomitant diabetes and older age. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to renal papillary necrosis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 43-year-old Caucasian female with a long history of uncontrolled migraines presents to a general medical clinic with painless hematuria. She is quite concerned because she has never had symptoms like this before. Vital signs are stable, and her physical exam is benign. She denies any groin pain, flank pain, or costovertebral angle tenderness. She denies any recent urinary tract infections or dysuria. Urinary analysis confirms hematuria and a serum creatinine returns at 3.0. A renal biopsy reveals papillary necrosis and a tubulointerstitial infiltrate. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Analgesic nephropathy Choice 2. Kidney stone Choice 3. Bladder cancer Choice 4. Kidney cancer or Choice 5. Sickle cell disease The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Analgesic nephropathy Analgesic nephropathy is commonly caused by long-standing use of analgesics and is the most common cause of drug-induced renal failure. It results in papillary necrosis and chronic tubulointerstitial nephritis. Analgesic nephropathy may occur as a result of excessive use of analgesics, including drugs that contain phenacetin, acetaminophen, NSAIDs, or aspirin. It may manifest as interstitial nephritis, renal papillary necrosis, or both, and can lead to either acute or chronic renal failure. Progression is insidious. Recall that there are multiple causes of hematuria, including kidney stones, infection, bladder and kidney cancer, glomerular diseases, trauma, systemic vascular diseases, sickle cell disease, and polycystic kidney disease, among many others. The first step in evaluation is a urinalysis. The publication by Thaler and Wang discusses the evaluation of asymptomatic microscopic hematuria in adults. Routine screening for hematuria is not indicated. However, once discovered, its cause should be investigated beginning with a medical history and review of medications. Laboratory and imaging studies such as intravenous pyelography, renal ultrasonography, or retrograde pyelography may be required to determine the degree and location of the associated disease process. The study by McDonald et al. discusses the assessment of microscopic hematuria in adults. Hematuria is clinically significant when 3 to 5 red blood cells are seen in a high-powered field. In several studies, less than 10% of patients with asymptomatic microscopic hematuria had an underlying malignancy. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. 
a kidney stone would be more likely to cause painful hematuria. Furthermore, biopsy would not show renal papillary necrosis and chronic tubular interstitial nephritis. Choices 3 and 4. Bladder cancer and kidney cancer are both causes of painless hematuria, but would be less likely in a young female, and given the history of migraines and histological findings, analgesic nephropathy would be the more likely diagnosis. Furthermore, neither would result in papillary necrosis or chronic tubulo interstitial nephritis. Choice 5. Sickle cell may cause renal papillary necrosis, but would be less likely than analgesic nephropathy given the patient's history of migraines and rape. That's all for this review about renal papillary necrosis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.